Hello, Anatomy Nerds! Welcome to Anatomy Bites, the podcast where we talk about anatomy in bite-sized chunks. I'm your host, Nick. I'm a first-year Doctor of Physical Therapy student in the beautiful Southern California. Today's origins, insertions, and actions are thanks to the 20th edition of Anatomy of the Human Body by Dr. Henry Gray with updates by Dr. Warren H. Lewis. This text is free in the public domain here in the United States, and you can even download it yourself. On the show today, we're talking about another muscle of the hip and pelvic floor, obturator internus. So if you have your pelvis model, go ahead and get that bad boy out and follow along. Let's get to those O's, I's, and A's. Obturator internus attachments. The obturator internus is situated partly within the lesser pelvis and partly at the back of the hip joint. It arises from the inner surface of the anterolateral wall of the pelvis where it surrounds the greater part of the obturator foramen. Being attached to the inferior rami of the pubis and ischium and at the side to the inner surface of the hip bone below and behind the pelvic brim reaching from the upper part of the greater sciatic foramen above and behind to the obturator foramen below and in front. It also arises from the pelvic surface of the obturator membrane, except in the posterior part from the tendinous arch, which completes the canal for the passage of the obturator vessels and nerve, and to a slight extent from the obturator fascia, which covers the muscle. The fibers converge rapidly toward the lesser sciatic foramen and end in four or five tendinous bands, which are found on the deep surface of the muscle. These bands are reflected at a right angle over the grooved surface of the ischium between its spine and tuberosity. This bony surface is covered by smooth cartilage, which is separated from the tendon by a bursa and presents one or more ridges corresponding with the furrows between the tendinous bands. These bands leave the pelvis through the lesser sciatic foramen and unite into a single flattened tendon, which passes horizontally over the capsule of the hip joint and, after receiving attachments of the gemelli, is inserted into the forepart of the medial surface of the greater trochanter above the trochanteric fossa. A bursa, narrow and elongated in form, is usually found between the tendon and the capsule of the hip joint. It occasionally communicates with the bursa between the tendon and the ischium. Obturator internus innervations, L5, S1, and S2 through the nerve to obturator internus, which also innervates gemellus superior, according to Kendall et al. Obturator internus actions. It is a powerful external rotator of the thigh and in the sitting posture, when the thigh is flexed upon the pelvis, its action as a rotator ceases and it becomes a hip abductor. So there we have it with the obturator internus O's, I's, and A's origins insertions 
innervations and actions. And I just want to point out again that this muscle is part of the pelvic floor. So a lot of times we don't talk about the pelvic floor. We're, talk, we're starting to talk about it more and more in the field of physical therapy, but it's been overlooked for a long time. And um, I think it's important just to, to point out that a lot of these muscles that have to do with the hip joint itself also do have a deep connection within the pelvic floor. So take a look um, within your pelvic model, within your anatomy textbook. Um, I have a few references in the show notes as well. And you'll be able to see that because of that connection where it begins, it originates inside of the pelvic bowl and then leaves the pelvis to the hip. It is part of the pelvic floor. And so flare-ups with this muscle, trigger points, um, fascial adhesions, things like that, um, that you might be thinking are from the hip joint may actually have to do with the pelvic floor as well. So when you're studying myology, especially, and you're breaking them down, these muscles, by joint, we tend to focus on one body part at a time, but I wanna to start to encourage you to think about the body in a holistic way rather than just joint by joint because uh, a lot of times these connections have far more to do with other parts of the body than we may realize. As a reminder, every text is a little bit different. Use this recording as a supplement to your learning understanding that your official course materials will ultimately prevail in your education. Lastly, remember that the O's, I's, and A's, the origins, insertions, and actions of muscles are really only as meaningful as your understanding of the bones to which they attach and move. Knowing your osteology, or the study of bones, will make myology, the study of muscles, a whole lot more interesting and applicable. If you're looking for a great skeleton model, I'll insert a link in the show notes to the one that I have. He is five foot six. His name is Gags, my best friend named him. And he follows me around to pretty much every single room of the house when I'm studying. And, you know, sometimes just because. I'll also include a link to a great text on surface anatomy so that you can find some of the more superficial structures, including muscles, bony landmarks, tendons, and other structures on yourself, or your roommate, or a parent, or maybe just your dog. I do that, I have to admit. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show, you guys. Hope you have a great day, and I will catch you on social media at Nikki-Ray. Until the next time, keep studying hard and nerd out. Bye-bye.